Hello and welcome to the brand new episode of Gyan from the Pehlwan. Today we have Tarusha from Auro Pocket. Auro Pocket is one of the first DeFi platforms in India. Um, thank you, Tarusha. Thank you so much for joining with us. Um, we would love to, you know, we would love if you can give us a quick, quick introduction of what uh, Auro Pocket does and uh, a bit of an introduction about yourself. What, uh, like, what essentially um, inspired you to start a DeFi platform in India, considering the current stance of uh, what is apprehensiveness from the government around this entire segment also. Right. Uh, hi uh, again, Shreyas. Uh, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, it's uh, I, I'm looking forward to this uh, conversation. So as you mentioned already, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Oro Pocket uh, and uh, the underlying project, uh, you know, products that kind of fall under the Oro Pocket umbrella. So Oro Pocket in itself is a standalone fintech app uh, wherein users can invest in digital gold and digital silver, which is like you know, uh, like a Paytm gold or say like a gold or you know, gold that you can um, invest on in. Uh, phone pay and mm. on top of that uh, the difference here is that on top of uh, these investments we kind of provide a lot of financial services as well making these investments highly liquid what i mean by that is that we have like a sent by upi feature wherein you can use your gold like cash for day-to-day -day transactions uh, mm. the idea here is to basically provide a better platform uh, than you know say any bank where you'll be putting your fiat in because your fiat kind of gets devalued year after year there because mm. of the inflation uh, and it's not even 100% insured so we kind of cover both those things we are uh, making sure that users get exposed to different kind of asset classes right now we have gold and silver we will be adding more asset classes and we offer as I mentioned, financial services and 100% insurance. So even if God forbid or the company goes under, uh, you know you will still have your assets that are insured and allocated to you, and you can redeem them. Uh, so that is what Oro Pocket does. Uh, Open DeFi uh, is the second platform, and uh, it is exactly like Oro Pocket, uh, and it has a mix of NFTs as well. Uh, and that mm -hmm. is more uh, DeFi facing. Uh, then uh, there is Unifarm, uh, which is a group farming and staking protocol, which is a completely uh, through it's a DAP, it's a, a completely DeFi facing, crypto facing uh, platform. And uh, a little about me. Uh, so I've been uh, a deep tech entrepreneur since uh, 2011. I, I uh, wow. that is when my co-founder and I had started mm -hmm. uh, a data center company yeah uh in in like Delhi uh so we basically bootstrapped the data center and we made it uh successful like we broke even basically in six months and uh, oh. we were doing well with it but then it was called uh cloud reno so we kind of created like a cloud platform is on top of it because data centers were obviously they were like you know uh, on their way out a cloud was the way to go uh, so mm -hmm. we created a platform on top of that uh, which would help users in managing their uh, cloud infrastructure it was uh, completely you know uh, os agnostic uh, it's, it's called cloud reno uh, as i mentioned earlier basically it's like think mm -hmm. of it like a digital ocean or you know like an aws but uh, with okay. uh, you know AWS coming with all their credits and all, uh, we had to, uh, we, we couldn't scale that uh, beyond a point. And that is when we actually uh, started looking at crypto. So unofficially, uh, without a platform, we were, you know, I was in crypto since, I've been in crypto since 2012, 13. Uh, mm -hmm. Basically, you know, we had all this hardware and we wanted to uh, just tinker and figure out how to do mining uh, and uh, see if our hardware would be good there. So it was just uh, curiosity. Uh, that got uh, got us into the space, and uh, then uh, formally we we kind of start. We were uh, the founders of one of the first Ethereum exchanges of India, uh, which was called oh, wow. Ethics. Uh, but uh, mm -hmm. you know the RPI order that had come in uh, that kind of uh, was very detrimental to our business continuity because we had.
hadn't raised money uh, so at that point uh, the only uh, option that we had was either to move our operations abroad or uh, because there was no uh, you know uh, bank support right and it's very difficult for an exchange to execute any kind of transactions uh, without unless you know you're a p2p exchange uh, without the bank uh, support so the right. only option was either move abroad or uh, shut it down so we started the process of shutting it down uh because we did not have mm-hmm. it was a very tedious process like 5 years uh, 6 years ago to uh, sort of start like you know a company abroad and setting it up without uh, traveling perhaps so it was just uh, a lot of hassle so then that is when you know oro pocket was born because uh, we really were very affected by the pmc bank debacle and you know how yes i got almost uh, you know failed and mm-hmm. we realized that people, this entire system uh, that you know people rely on so much uh, there is an illusion of uh, reliability uh, because this entire traditional financial system is very very fragile and uh, the way it is created is there is too much power there so uh, some some kind of dismantling of power needs to happen because banks should not be able to tell you how much money you can withdraw in a day and uh, you know what you can do with your money uh, and right. not even have new insurance on top of it like if a bank shuts down because of what they have been doing uh, you are the one who's suffering because you know there is just uh, like an insurance i think with the pnc thing uh, at that time it was 1 lakh and then it was increased to say 5 lakh or, uh, so that number is still very small for somebody if you know if they're putting in their life savings into the bank right Agreed. so Agreed. that that is kind of something that really pushed us and we wanted to build a, a entire financial ecosystem uh, where where you know this 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 kind of thing wouldn't happen and obviously one thing led to kind of another we were Uh, we are uh, very very fascinated by blockchain and we are blockchain students so we that is why that is how you know we again uh, got into the blockchain space uh, as well it's very exciting and it's exciting to give users an alternative perfect that is amazing i mean that sounds like a very interesting journey that you have had i mean what i see as a pattern is you being uh, at least one of the technology pioneers in india for all the new technologies that are coming in from cloud to uh, ethereum exchanges to now defi i think that's <laughs> a that's a that essentially is a sign of genuine curiosity and uh, willingness to disrupt at any cost i mean that is amazing thank you so much uh, i have never really called myself a pioneer but uh, thank you for saying that i never thought of it that way it was just about making things work that's it creating it things that like, like yeah yeah <laughs> it is indeed so i mean i'll just like to uh, you know like take a few step back to when you spoke about open finance open defi right uh, so yeah. as of now in india a uh, cryptocurrency is in boom and i mean since the regulations are always in a gray area since last couple of years government's current mm-hmm. stand as far as i know is that uh, the rbi tried to regulate it and supreme court essentially uh, stopped them in their tracks so right now mm-hmm. it's an unregulated segment in which anyone can invest and that is a very scary place to be for investors because they don't know where their money is going who the parties behind there are and there are a lot of people uh, essentially you know uh, there to take their money away including uh, schemes like rug pulls and all of that so where does uh, defi fit into that uh, essentially you just wanted to understand first uh, two this is basically a two fold question right what first wanted to understand what your view on the current regulation is and what what kind of regulations should be put into place so that people don't lose their money to you know schemes like rug pulls and those kind of scenarios and then we will jump on to defi at a later stage 
Sure. So, uh, you know, like you kind of mentioned that the uh, policy aspect in India has been quite in limbo for some time now. So essentially mm-hmm. what had happened in 2017 was that RBI pushed out an order saying that banks should not help or support uh, or offer their support to financial entities, uh, basically entities, not financial entities, any corporate uh, or any uh, company that is providing mm-hmm. or dealing in crypto. Uh, it was not exactly a ban, but it was perceived as a ban by all the news and the media. Uh, you can't really ban cryptocurrencies because uh, it's decentralized, right? By the very nature, okay. they are decentralized. You can't, unless you are able to stop the internet, you can't really stop uh, cryptocurrencies. Uh, but yeah, obviously, you can, you know, you can make it Ill- illegal to hold them. Uh, but then again, uh, how exactly would you really come to know considering uh, these you know wallets are pseudonymous in nature and how would how would uh, the policy makers really uh, go back that much to understand i'm sure that it can be done and if you want to penalize people and make an example out of them it can be done but uh, then again it's, this is like pushing this entire space into this gray market gray area right so if your end goal is to protect the user because you know by policy uh, then that is not the way to go about going things. Like there are so many countries now, even USA, uh, that are actually actively uh, trying to regulate it. Like you know, tax crypto as a commodity and uh, put in like licenses, etc. So there, there is standardization in terms of what a user is being, what kind of information a user is being asked for, and centralized exchanges or centralized services. So then again, uh, here what you said that okay there there are a lot of schemes see this is something that i think happened everywhere right so you know uh, this is again this is not just a twofold question i think this is uh, this has many aspects to it but you know the the policy condition in india has been a little bit in a limbo uh, you know these are crypto for several uh, months years now uh, but uh, that is that I believe is not uh, again the prohibitory stance that you know kind of was kind of was taken by RBI. It was not really an outright ban in 2017. What they had said was essentially that the companies that are dealing in crypto or are providing crypto services, banks should not be supporting them uh, with their services. That obviously right. uh, is is you know you you kind of take away the banking support, then it becomes difficult for anybody to be dealing with fiat uh, you know in the digital form and then be purchasing or uh, you know buying uh, buying these cryptos. But uh, then again, you know there are free to be exchanges as well that kind of you know that that run uh, fully on uh, a tr- trustless sort of a system that people do indulge in those transactions as well. But here again, my uh, Perspective is simple uh, that if you know if your end uh, goal is to protect the end user, right, with yeah. with policy that would actually support or kind of uh, safeguard the user, then you cannot really be pushing this into the gray area, wherein uh, you know there is there is uh, like it's, it's like a prohibitory order that you come in. So again, here it's good to mention that nobody can really ban crypto because uh, you know unless you know you perhaps stop the internet. Uh, but right. the only thing that you can perhaps do is say that okay, uh, whoever is holding crypto is going to be penalized. So then again, that kind of begs the question: How would you even come to know, considering that these wallet addresses are pseudonymous? Maybe you can penalize people, and you know, uh, by obtaining their wallet addresses from these centralized exchanges or their, the data from the centralized exchanges, and then going after them, making an example. But what mm-hmm. you are essentially doing is you are kind of pushing this entire industry and this innovation into a, a small peg right and you are kind of making sure that uh, the nefarious uh, you know activities they kind of continue because uh, unchecked right and in a very uh, manner which is completely 
completely opaque because there is no policy you banned it then people would still be dealing with it so there is no way for you to safeguard these people with with like a prohibitory policy so there are so many countries now all over the world even uh, you know usa has uh, kind of uh, started taxing it and uh, taxing crypto as a commodity and giving uh, licenses to entities uh, who are dealing with crypto in a certain manner uh, to just to make sure that the standardization and that you know the end user can be uh, kind of be taken care of so my stance is simple i think uh, that you know you can't really push innovation on blockchain and say that okay we are banning crypto those two things are uh, two sides to the same coin and you can't like have one side and go like okay i'm not going to deal with the second side the idea here of blockchain and crypto is decentralization uh you know you essentially put anything on blockchain you are tokenizing it so you can't really push for innovation in blockchain uh and say that okay no we are going to ban crypto so that there is quite a you know cast there and a chasm there but you know, in, the, in the interpretation and it's it's better to perhaps uh create a framework around it that would be inclusive rather than you know uh kind of ex- you know excluding all of these people who are actually working in this space already and cause like massive brain drain so as i said crypto will not be stopped but these entities people involved in it they'll maybe move out uh, and you wouldn't want that kind of massive brain drain to happen like you know uh, amazing tech talent um, would move away because if if you make it kind of you know really really uh, difficult for these businesses to keep operating in india now regarding you know your uh, question about uh, the the rug pulls and the scams so this is something that you know i say mm-hmm. a lot uh i feel that there are scams uh in in any industry right there are there'll always be people who will uh be like a bad element to it like even in the traditional financial system all all the scams still date have happened in that system right with the okay. cash and with the with these policies that that are already existing so it's kind of uh, a little myopic and stupid to say that okay only scams are happening here it's just mm-hmm. that they are more visible uh, because people are not taking more interest and in, you know they are trying to like sort of really get into the space because there's this the interest has been peaked a lot uh, of late and uh, then again obviously these scams happen i'm not denying it there are rug pulls but you have to like you know if you invest your money in any other uh, in you know investment class or in any asset right you do your own due diligence right you do your own research you make sure that your hands don't get burnt so why okay. not do some thing for crypto right like people get into this thinking that is like a quick get rich quick scheme it's not like if you are going to see if you're going to get into any sort of get rich quick scheme anywhere in any sector then you are like walking into a scam right that is something right, that right. we all know and we accept So why do we not really understand the same thing and hold a uh, crypto industry to the same standard like it is an industry it's an industry in its infancy it's new uh, and it's exciting and there'll always be some bad elements doesn't mean that you know the bad elements are all that there is there is some really good technology being uh, you know tinkered with here and there are amazing solutions that are being created so let's look at the good as well and then there is something very beautiful that Andreas Antonopoulos had said uh, that you know whenever people talk to me about these scams or you know um, that are happening in the space i i say that scamsters get into everything right when there was internet there was phishing and even with you know telephone people you know did uh, multiple you know there are so many kind of scams and even till date they keep happening so you have right. to remember that there is more of us than them right there is more of the good element than the bad element the bad element will always be there because that is just human psychology right that is how people okay. work 
ஒரு those details have to be uh, right. like how to audit the white paper and how to essentially audit an ico is something that is a very 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 niche skill right now and not all investors would even know about it so any any right. suggestions or any uh, any basically you know tips for investors from your end on how to essentially where to look at to get the right kind of information to make sure that you are investing in the right kind of a token Sure. So you know, if you are somebody who is just starting off, then I would say that you know you start with the OGs. Like you start with the Bitcoin, you start with the Ethereum. You know the there is like a huge community behind it. So you know that okay, this is not really going to go anywhere. Uh, but if you are looking at altcoins and if you are looking at these newer tokens that are coming in the market, then yes, you have to do your own research and. in terms of research what do you do you go and check out their website you go check out whether the team is you know anonymous or non anonymous anonymous teams can you know then you know you need to like you know double down on your research basically if the team is also anonymous i'm not saying that anonymous teams create uh, scam projects i'm just saying to say that if it's an anonymous team then yes you need to perhaps research a little more check out their website check out the vision check check out the underlying product that they are creating to you know for on the basis of that token what is the right. vision who are the investors right there are institutional investors now getting into the crypto space so who are the mm-hmm. investors behind it look at their white paper white paper or their light paper it can be like you know you said it might be really hard uh, for people to sort of look at those white papers which are long so look at their light paper right mm-hmm. it's like a short summary of their vision and try to see you know you you do that kind of uh, math on your own end like you figure out and you gauge whether you know this is the right uh, you know platform for you to invest in and uh, most importantly what you need to keep in mind is that this is like any other invest- even in front of like you know the mutual funds that right right before they they come on tv there is a disclaimer right mutual funds are subject to market risks right so you right. need to go with the same thought process here in crypto as well that there are market risks involved then don't invest what you cannot afford to lose right if you need uh, a high amount of liquidity obviously you wouldn't want to put that into you know some sort of uh, some sort of a, a token where it might be difficult to perhaps liquidate it and if you need the money uh, immediately so do that kind of uh, diligence and then the other way to do it would be obviously to follow people who have been in the space for some time like get your news from the correct sources don't not from the mainstream media that uh, hardly understands what crypto and blockchain does you need to perhaps get it from uh, sources that actually understand uh, and are working in the space for a long time call you know follow pages like the defiant or uh, look at uh, you know checkpoint gecko checkpoint market cap to see how a token is really doing check mm-hmm. all of these pages and follow founders follow people who have actually built platforms who you know are not there to scam you right they've been there for some time so do, like you know following and getting this information from the right source is also very important got it got it perfect uh, that was really insightful now uh, i wanted to talk about decentralized finance and uh, essentially understand what exactly does it cover and you know how the different elements in it interact with each other so what i've heard uh, in my very short journey in defi is there are uh, 
there are basically investment avenues wherein you can do uh, what you say liquidity swaps wherein you can earn very high amount of APRs. Uh, then there is uh, staking. So I just wanted to understand a bit more in detail on how essentially, uh, since you are also opening a DeFi platform, you know how essentially this piece works and what is it all about. Sure. So DeFi is decentralized finance. Like traditional mm-hmm. finance has centralization of power in terms of the banks holding your money. Decentralized finance essentially means that you know you are still uh, you you still have some autonomy over what you are holding. DeFi mm-hmm. uh, uh, again it kind of refers to like this parallel economy that has been created parallel traditional you know as against traditional financial system or system that is being created. So it has all kinds of solutions. There are lending protocols. There is staking. There is farming. And uh, all of those things, you know, where, where what that would be kind of available in terms of what you can perhaps accomplish and more uh, with the traditional financial mechanism that already exists. So again, that you know, you need to be sort of clear of what you want to accomplish. So you want to like get a loan, then you go to a lending protocol. If you're looking to perhaps, uh, you know, get a better yield or a better return on the tokens that you're already holding, then perhaps you're looking at a staking platform. So mm-hmm. again, again, there are different kinds of, uh, so with staking, the usual analogy that I give is think of it like making an FD. Uh, like at least on the uniform platform that we have, uh, if you are holding tokens, uh, say you are holding Matic, okay, mm-hmm. and you would like to perhaps get like a better return on Matic, then uh, what you need to do is you need to stake these tokens. There is no market exposure, so your principle always remains safe. At least on uniform, I'm just talking about uniform here. You stake mm-hmm. Matic tokens, and you are eligible to then, uh, you know, receive uh, certain other tokens that are part of that particular farm. So it, as I said, it's a group farming and staking protocol. So if you're staking Matic, you're creating an FD of Matic, but instead of just getting Matic as your yield or your interest, you're actually getting, uh, you know, Matic as well as some other tokens in the form of that yield or the interest that you would kind of uh, get. So it's very much like FD. And uh, with Uniform, you can kind of unstake it at any given point of time as well. So, you know, some farms uh, have like a lock-in, but most of them they don't. And there is no market exposure, like I mentioned. But that is not necessarily the case with other staking platforms. So if there is a, a liquidity farm, then you are essentially providing liquidity for certain tokens. Uh, you know, uh, any any token, so let's go back a little bit, any token that is being listed anywhere, like on a decentralized exchange or a centralized exchange, it needs uh, some liquidity in a pair, right? It wouldn't just be like there has to be some liquidity added to the exchange in the form of the token itself, as well as an equivalent amount perhaps in a USDT or a USDC. Uh, so with a liquidity farm, you're actually adding liquidity for the token itself. It can get you really high APY and APR because uh, that is how uh, those farms function. But there is market exposure to your funds. So you have to keep those okay. things in mind. So let's let's take a step back. I mean, uh, if, if I wanted to explain to a layman what a liquidity farm is and what are the origins of it, essentially, of what I understand, it essentially comes from the consensus mechanism that that blockchain follows, which is proof of staking, right? Wherein an entity essentially pools the staking and uh, to stake a certain amount of money, they essentially are taking it as a loan from the investors and then they're giving APY to that investors and then staking that particular token into the blockchain so that they get more confirmation or votes and are able to mine more, more blocks over them. That is how that entire piece works. But uh, I would just like to uh, understand a bit more in detail on what exactly a liquidity farm is and how the uh, that entire uh, this piece was. 
Right. So, uh, you know, the way you kind of explained it, it sounds a little complicated. It is as simple mm-hmm. as, as you said, that you know, you're kind of lending cryptocurrency. Uh, and, you know, you are putting it in farms. Uh, if you are adding to a liquidity farm, then you are adding liquidity basically to a token or it's, you know, and it's fair. Uh, so the, and, and then the, pro, you know, the token itself or the exchange, they will provide you with with an interest or, uh, you know, some whatever fee like an APR uh, that you get on top of uh, whatever you put in. But with these liquidity uh, pools, basically, you more often than not, uh, there, there is a market exposure involved to your funds because literally your funds are sitting on an exchange, right? Where exchange right. is happening uh, of that token with respect to say any currency or a tether. So then there is market exposure. But again, there are also yield uh, farming pools uh, which, which like with Unifarm, uh, we have a very unique proposition. So there, there is no market exposure to your fund. So if you are like, you know, just looking to get, make some more, make your money work for you, right? Make your tokens mm-hmm. work for you rather than just keeping them when you want it. You can stake them and earn like a diversified yield. So as I gave you the example, like think of it like an FD that you're making. And instead of just getting, like if you're putting in cash, you're getting more cash, you put getting, in this case, you're putting in uh, an X token and you're getting like XYZ, you know, tokens as well in the form Got of it. interest. Got it. So, what are the risks that are associated with uh, investing in staking or basically staking my tokens when there is a market exposure? So, you know, the, the there is 100% risk if there is market exposure, if you're doing like liquidity uh, pools. Obviously, you know, if you're investing in like good, uh, adding liquidity in good projects that have like a sound uh, position and they have sound investors, then that would not really happen. But if you're adding liquidity to uh, newer projects that you have not really done your good research on, then uh, all of that money and your principal can go to zero essentially if there is market mm-hmm. exposure. So it is good to know which program you're staking in and what are the terms there. So, you know, I can't really give a visionary answer here and say, okay, these are what this is what happens when you are, you know, staking in a liquidity farm because there are so many of them. It'll depend a lot on the platform that you're staking on and what are the terms that they have they are kind of giving you so you have to like make you know make sure you read the fine print and make sure you read the terms that they are offering you for uh staking or adding liquidity uh to a particular farm like i said with uniform that's not the case because i'm explaining uniform to you end to end that uh, there is no market exposure uh but uh, again that is unique to our platform and with there are so many platforms that you can do liquidity farming so it will come down to the platform itself like which platform you're really staking on Got it. Got it. So, uh, what essentially do you see as a as a reaction when this essentially becomes a bit more widespread in country like an India, a country like India, where the regulation is is in grey area, and when proper DeFi becomes popular, like how cryptocurrency is right now, well, how do you gauge the market reaction would be, and uh, what would you what do you think the right regulatory response should be to this? See, I think that people are already very curious. People have been bitten by the traditional financial system mm-hmm. with you know, more than once, right? And they are looking at alternatives. They are trying to become more, like at least the new generations, they are trying to become more financially savvy and financially literate. Uh, they want to like, uh, you know, they are talking and having conversations about financial freedom and wealth creation. And these were things that were not really talked about earlier. So I, I think that that is good progress and people are looking to see what is the alternative. If not banks, then what? If not the traditional financial system, then what? And DeFi is kind of creating 
uh, that entire this this uh, spectrum and plethora of places uh, that can be like an alternative uh, in terms of what you said right you know what really happens when a lot of people in india start getting into it i think that has already started uh, like wazirx uh, recently or only yesterday it came out in mint that uh, wazirx saw like uh, 10x user growth in 2021 so already right. people are getting very very uh, involved uh, in crypto and uh, for good like i wouldn't say that all um, they are getting into it with you know a lot of curiosity but as as i said that you know you are going to give um, you'll feel like you've been burnt by crypto if you don't do your uh, research properly and if you're just following trends so there was mm. like this uh, token that was uh, inspired by squid game recently right and it was like yeah. a huge drug pull right it was a scam yes. you could see that it was a scam so for the season guys it was it was a scam you could see it but then people nevertheless kind of invested in uh, you know that that the token and lost a lot of their money more so in uh, places like china etc than in india but again here uh, you know you have to be careful uh, in what you are where you are putting your hard earned money uh, do not let uh, you know don't get swayed away when people are saying okay we are going to give you an x return or y return uh, you know unless uh, don't get into like these schemes basically there are ponzi schemes in otherwise as well right these mlms mm-hmm. etc so you are advised to stay away from them so the here again follow the same process do your due diligence before putting in your money right right so uh, talking about being wary and uh, being mindful what would be what do you say hmm. would be the best practices to keep in mind for a beginner when they are investing in crypto or uh, in basically in defi also so basically what you need to keep in mind as i mentioned that even you need to sort of do your own due diligence do your own research uh like check out uh, the website of the you know of the token that you want to sort of invest in the platform that you want to invest in check out the team behind it uh check out who is investing in this there are you know there will be some as i mentioned that there are uh perhaps traditional uh, you know vcs who are also now trying to get into this space so see who the investors are see who the promoters are uh check what their vision is and see like whether the token has any real utility uh, like whether there is a working product or not behind it yet because a lot of people it's like very easy to just create a token right but to create a token that is actually solving or facilitating and solving a larger problem uh with with a working product uh, those those are not that many in this space so you know you if you do a little bit of research in terms of spending some time in checking these few things out looking them up and uh, and, and and getting their reviews that 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 would be like a good place to uh, start from maybe got it perfect uh now moving the topic a bit towards nft uh just quickly wanted to understand what an nft is and since there has been a lot of hype right even celebrities in bollywood have got into it but general public still does not have clarity apart from what mainstream media has talked about nft so a bit more technical understanding of what an nft is and uh, is it an investment avenue or is it uh, which industry do you think it will be revolutionizing next and uh, yeah over to you so uh, you know nfts have become big of late but uh, and and you know it's kind of evolving as we 
peak uh, so initially nfts nfts are by the way non fungible tokens basically that means that you know they are completely unique uh, these are mm-hmm. not tokens that can be replaced by any other so say if you are buying a token uh, which is initially as i said that nfts are associated more with the creator economy that you know you can create a piece of art and you can mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, basically tokenize mm-hmm. it and then sell it uh, so that it was supposed to push the creators and uh, perhaps the entertainment industry like you know anybody who's who's creating uh, newer things they can perhaps tokenize it and uh, you know have a wider audience per se but uh, there are now newer use cases that are coming up for nfts as we are maturing uh, mm-hmm. and the space is maturing recently uh recently basically you know twitter kind of announced that they want to do uh, the blue tick that you see right on the uh, verification tick that you see on your profiles they want right. to associate profiles and identity uh, with with an nft so that is like a new use case right uh, so and, and there are multiple mm-hmm. new use cases that are coming up now with uh, you know with the gaming industry and with the metaverse coming in Uh, so I, I believe that this is an ever-evolving sort of a space, at least now, because it's, we are still very, very, very early, and uh, where it'll land up, uh, it, it's 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 something that you know people can uh, just make an educated guess about. But uh, there there are a lot more interesting new cases, uh, use cases that are coming up uh, in the NFT space. And uh, again, uh, do your own due diligence before like uh, you know putting in the money in in these spaces, uh, and uh, not just follow uh, trends. got it got it so when we when we essentially look at future of uh, the media and entertainment industry uh, do you see these licenses being replaced by nfts or essentially uh, you know wherein uh, there could be an investment avenue for uh, probably say retail investors to invest in movies and all of that is is that a possible use case as well absolutely i think you know now uh, bollywood celebrities have come up with their uh, own Uh, NFT collections, and I, I think that is like a very valid use case uh, that is coming up. Uh, that mm-hmm. uh, later, like with, with you, basically, you know, this data is on blockchain, right? So there is no, uh, there's there's 100% transparency and immutability. So you can uh, definitely see a use case uh, panning out where you know the entertainment industry is essentially using these NFTs to uh, copyright their stuff and basically you know make sure that uh, the data is being and the rights rights are being protected of the creators. Got it. Got it. and as of now from a regulatory point of view nft is also uh, in a gray area right where what is the current yeah, standing nft would also fall into crypto right so if crypto mm. is like unregulated you know regulated as of now in india then yes so is the case with nfts right now it would all just fall kind of under the you know perhaps the contract act that you know, you're buying something you're buying something in the digital space okay okay got it Uh, I think yeah, that's that's about it. We have a uh, good enough this thing, good enough view on uh, NFTs, DeFi, as well as uh, what does crypto, this uh, crypto investing and crypto industry looks like from your point of view. Uh, any yeah. any specific uh, any any specific things that you want to address in the industry? Not really. I I think this is something uh, you know. I I don't to get tired of repeating. Just please do your own research before getting into the space. Remember that there are more good people than bad people. but uh, like as is the case anywhere in any industry you might meet 
bad elements uh, you know a lot more just because you know you don't understand something uh, very well so don't fear it uh, don't la- don't let the lack of understanding stop you from getting into this space uh, there 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 are immense opportunities uh, and uh, not just for people who are investing or people who are developers uh, but for people in all you know with all kinds of profiles so it's a very exciting space do your own research get into it start small and you know there's nothing wrong with starting small and uh, just just like you know make your way from there i think once you do start small uh, there's going to be a you know hyper learning phase for you you learn a lot new things it will open up your mind to newer ideas uh, so it's it's very exciting uh, it's like it's mm-hmm. almost like i'm calling for uh, people to join a cult but <laughs> i just <laughs> <laughs> be open to the idea of exploring new ideas uh, start small and just be careful like with any other investment that you do definitely perfect i think these are i think uh, really good takeaways for our audience to keep in mind when they start investing in their crypto journey or essentially they are starting to invest in the defi space as well thank you so much tarusha yeah. i think this has been a really good conversation and it was pleasure having you here